0: that's really what business is man like it's doing the hard yards now for a better life tomorrow
1: hey everyone my name is chris and welcome to the click collective podcast i started a business this show is all about inspiring encouraging and motivating e-commerce enthusiasts and entrepreneurs by sharing successful small business stories click collective is the first co-working space built around the needs of an e-commerce community and we're home to some pretty cool brands each episode, we'll sit down with one of our members and chat about their journey, why they started, how they're going, their highs and lows, and everything in between. This episode, we chat with Morgan Coleman, the CEO and founder of Vets On Call, an easy to use mobile app that delivers high quality veterinary care right to your door. So we'll get started. Um, we'll go with the old faithful intro, um, telling us about yourself and your business. Well, I'll say hello, Morgan, first, probably appropriate <laughs> to say, just randomly start in the middle of the conversation. Um, hello, mate. Hello. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you for sitting down with me. Um, yeah, we'll go to the, the Old Faithful. You tell, tell us about yourself and your business. So my name is Morgan. Um, I'm the CEO and founder
0: of Vets on Call, which is a digital or technology platform that delivers uh, the full range of clinical services, veterinary clinical services into people's homes.
1: Cool. Um, what did you do before starting Vets on Call? I've done a little bit of research about you and your journey already, um, and I know you're not overly into tech.
0: <laughs> As an yeah, understatement, probably an
1: understatement. Yeah, I um, so I
0: did commerce at Melbourne Uni for um my undergrad, and then I finished there, and I went into property development um, with a company called Lendlease and I was working across um, construction management, property development roles with them um, in Melbourne and Sydney, and I moved to Sydney for a promotion, and after about um, you know a year, I thought, you know, this is this is not where I'm meant to be. You know, this is just not for me. Um, And I thought, I'm going to go start my own business. At the time, I had no idea what it was going to be. But I knew I wanted it to be three things. I knew I wanted it to be infinitely scalable. I knew I wanted it to be something I could do from anywhere. Um, And then thirdly, that it could have had the potential to become a household name. And the third one was really important for me because as a kid um, growing up in Bendigo, I was one of like a handful of Indigenous kids there. And it, like in the 90s, you know, the only Indigenous people you saw succeeding were all sports people. And I remember thinking like when I realized I was actually pretty terrible at football that, you know, I was never going to be a pro athlete. And what else would I do? Like that was a pretty frightening moment. So I wanted it to be something that could become a household name so that other Indigenous kids could look at that and go well he did it he's no different to me why can't i use business or entrepreneurship as a way to better my life um and the second one actually is probably the one that hasn't come true <laughs> um vets on calls a bit more localized than just a you know straight up sort of marketplace play um in that you know we do need to enter a market put a lot of resources into building that market and then move on to the next one so it's not so much i can just be sitting on a beach in Bali, um, making money. <laughs> you haven't been doing it for that long, though. No, we haven't. I mean, look, we launched um, in we launched our beta version of the app in May 2018. So, not an MVP. We had more bells and whistles than like an MVP would, um, and we launched that to sort of a select group of Melbourne suburbs. We used that in the market to prove our product concept. Uh, sorry, product market fit, prove the concept, and then learn from both sides, like the pet owners as well as the vets. And then we built out uh, the current version of the app and service that you see now
1: um, in October 2019. And that's really when, like, the business started to take off. Yep. Now, you mentioned um, that obviously you were at uni and you, you decided that's not where you wanted to be. And sometimes you just you just know. You just yep. know that's it's not where I'm meant to be right now. And you said you've always had that interest in starting a business. Mm-hmm. Um what made you choose a home veterinary service as that business, as that that new adventure for you?
0: I think, mate. Like when I had that decision, this is I'm going to go start my own business. It's going to be one of it's going to be these three things. Um, it really narrowed my focus in terms of the kind of business that I was going to create. So when I I was been a pet owner my entire life, but um, Milky? In, Milky, Milky, yeah, and recently Gary join the family. I was gonna
1: say, did he join?
0: I he's yeah. seen him a lot more on site. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've adopted Gary. So He loves um, a pan. Gary's a very friendly dog. He's a very
1: friendly <laughs> dog. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um so but I like as a kid, I was never the one that was looking after my pets. Like it was always Mum that was taking them to the to the vet. And I got my got Milky is um which was my first dog as an adult and I took her to the vet for the first time and I just went, you know what? This could be so much better. Like the pain points that I felt as a customer were that it was it was difficult to get to the vet, um, particularly during business hours. You know, it's stressful for, for Milky and that obviously then rubs off onto the owner who gets anxious and that sort of stuff. And I didn't feel like there was enough transparency around pricing. Um, and I thought we can use technology to marry the needs of the pet owners with the needs of the vets um, who are frequently looking for more flexible working arrangements, higher paying working arrangements, um, and a better work-life balance. And the way that Vets on Call is set up, vets can choose their own hours, they can choose how far they might travel for work, um, and they can earn three to five times their hourly rate in
1: one booking with us. Yeah, wow. Um, now, you mentioned uh, that you uh, launched the beta version of App in, I think it was October 2018, you said? May t- 2018. 2018. Um there was obviously, I, I would assume, a long process prior to that of actually building the app. Um, you said you're not very te- technological based. Yeah. Where did you Where did you start? Where do you go when you think, okay, I'm going to build an app, and this is what I want to do? Who did you approach? How do you approach that with no real background in creating an app?
0: Yeah. Well, when I I visited the vet clinic that day, and literally I walked out, I had a scrap piece of paper in my car, and I drew out the blueprint of what vets on call would be in terms of the business model and the customer experience journey. Um, and I remember actually saying to my girlfriend, now wife, at the time, like, I reckon I could just build this with a few different apps plugged in together. <laughs> um, that sort of gives you a bit of a an idea of the level of my technical know-how. Um, so, But then, you know, it was bit by bit, mate. Like tech is expensive. You know, building an app is expensive and you don't want to just go and raise money on on an idea like that to build something that people don't want so the first thing I did was I mean it's all been incremental the first thing I did was um, I ran a survey with pet owners and vets and I pushed it out to as many pet owners as I could find and as many vets as I could find and basically saying like you know would you use something like this and if so how much would you pay and you know those sorts of things and from that I had enough quantitative data to go yep this is worth pursuing to the next step Um, and from there the next part was okay well let's let's create an MVP and the MVP at the time was was me as a middleman basically with email and a client would email in um, you know when they wanted a vet uh, and their location and the issue and then I would match that with a vet that I would all arrange to you know basically help me test this product and the way that I got um, I got people to test my product was I would hang out in dog parks with Milky, um, you know, in the early morning and the in the late afternoon when people take their dogs to the dog park and I'd approach random strangers basically and say, like, this is what I'm doing, you know, would you would you want some free vet services? Yep. And, um, you know, basically I paid for their vet services um, as a way to test it. And after everything, after every booking I said, I called the client and I called the vet. What worked? What didn't work? What do you need? What don't you need? And from that, I built out basically the suite of kind of features that we're going to need to launch the beta version. And that's when I went
1: looking for a tech partner. Give me the, give me the elevator pitch, give me the 30 second. Like how does your app actually work for the, for the consumer, for the user? So for a pet owner, it's literally
0: all your pet's needs in the palm of your hand. It's being able to book a vet, manage your pet's health records, pay for um, your vet services. You can um, buy prescription foods, over-the-counter goods. Like yeah. everything that
1: your pet needs from a health perspective is in the Vets On Call app. That's so helpful. It's so much easier um, than, yeah, than I can imagine going into veterinary service and ordering everything else separately. To have everything in, in a one-stop shop is yeah. super, super beneficial.
0: Exactly. And uh, it just means that, like from from our perspective, we're able to provide that end to end care. Um, you know, like we like to say in our in our um, in our team that we're there for your pet um, from your first cuddle to your last kiss and everything in between. So whether it's a general checkup, right through to spinal surgery,
1: knee surgery, like we've got you covered. Everything's there. Yeah. Um, going back to the dog park, I read that. Uh, the way you would introduce yourself into these people, these strangers, you'd throw treats for your dog to then go over for Milky to go over, and that would be the intro. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: yeah. Look, there was a few techniques, and that was one. Um, That's great because you know people are pretty friendly if their dogs are playing. Yeah. Like, so if Milky plays with their dog, you know, you sort of look at each other and go, "Oh, hey, how's it going?" And I'd be there, like throwing the ball over to their dog. Their dog, you know, conveniently having treats for their dog when they run up, and I'm like, "Oh, hey, man, yeah." is this your dog? Oh, cool. Well, Hey, I'm doing this. (laughs) So, um, it probably wasn't as subtle as I thought it was, but, uh, it worked really well. And look, I had, and I think I ended up with about, it was about 30 or 40 people, um, random strangers that uh, agreed to help me test the the service and I took it from there. That's cool. And do you
1: still have that piece of paper with the original blueprint for vets on call? No, I don't, mate. (sighs) No. That'd be great to have it would, yeah. hung up in a frame somewhere. It
0: evolved a lot since then, you know, yeah. like um, as you can imagine. But uh, no, I think I ended up um, going to – I went to Cuba shortly after that actually for a holiday mm. and I spent like my whole time just in a workbook working through the Vets on Call model. So less of a holiday.
1: Yeah. More, I mean, more look, of a work retreat. It was, yeah, yeah. That's all right. <laughs> that makes it sound all right. Um, now you said you obviously had the beta, beta app. How long from – was it – an end of night, twenty nineteen, that the actual it actually launched. You said, yeah, that's just before the pandemic hit. Correct. So I can assume that with obviously pandemic hitting, not being able to go out to a vet, your users would have boosted immensely because of that pandemic, because of the lockdowns.
0: Yeah, look, I think um, when we launched the the full service, our bookings increased by thirty percent overnight. Our revenue per booking increased almost twice, like doubled, almost overnight. Um, and what we were seeing prior to the pandemic was the momentum shift in terms of people using technology to acquire veterinary services. So we've seen it with, you know, retail and a lot of traditional services and vet services has been left behind really, um, which was made it such a, a great opportunity in terms of business. And then when the pandemic hit, it really just accelerated that momentum. Um, I wouldn't say like, I had somebody say to me the other day, I feel like it would have been a catalyst. It wasn't a catalyst, like, we've already seen that change, but it just sped it up so much faster yep. than, you know. I reckon we grew, you know, two years in six months. Wow.
1: Yeah. Well, since you've been here, you started with us, Was it, January this year? Yep. You've already gone into a bigger office and you've probably tripled to quadrupled your team already. Yep. So you can tell that it has obviously, yeah, sped up that process. And, yeah, two years and six months is crazy. It's probably more, more than what you would expect it, I would assume.
0: Yeah. yeah. And look, we launched into Brisbane um, just over three months ago. Yeah. Um, and that already makes up about 15% of our revenue on a week-to-week basis, which to give you an idea, like for us to get that kind of traction in Melbourne, we we did it um, probably twice as fast in Brisbane. So like the business is really moving and it's not just um, the Melbourne market
1: that's picking it up. And also you, you've touched on, you've launched into Brisbane a couple of months ago. Um, was it always the plan to expand out of Melbourne? Oh yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, man. Like I want to, like I said, I want this to be a business that's a household name. I want um, you know Indigenous communities around Australia to you go know, like that's one of our boys, you know, and yeah. he did that. He disrupted an entire industry that's worth four billion dollars annually. So
1: um, it was always to to become a national brand. When you started to get involved in, I, well, I guess expanding into Brisbane, we were peak lockdowns and pandemic and whatnot. Was it difficult to? expand with with being grounded without being able to fly up to Brisbane straight away. Like, cool, I'll spend a week up there and just work and speak to people. Yeah, I mean, it, it did make it harder. Like we've got an entire team up there that I've never
0: actually met in person. Yeah, wow. <laughs> you know, just doing Zoom meetings with them and things like that and managing them via email and phones. Um, and for for an extrovert like me, that's pretty difficult. That's really hard. Um, and the other thing is, you know, it it meant that like all the the playbook that we have in terms of a launch, um, we had to change significantly because we couldn't do a launch party. We couldn't do a, like a soft launch. We we had to do it all digitally, yeah. um, which isn't ideal. Um, and I think it's not too bad. Like we can still go and do the event, the launch fence and stuff like that. It's just delayed. Yeah. But um, it did make it a lot harder. And even with Sydney, like we wanted to launch into Sydney about three months ago, but um, with – with the lockdowns they were going through and, um, you know, different states not having the experience with COVID that Victoria does. You know, Victorians are sort of like part and parcel of life now. Yeah. Um, Whereas Sydney at the time was really worried about the case numbers and um, we had a lot of vets that didn't want to go into people's homes that are now sort of like, actually, we're cool with
1: it. (laughs) I didn't Um, even think about that. Yeah, if you're going to people's homes, because obviously you would have continued to operate during the pandemic because it's an essential service. Yeah. But I didn't even think about... Vets not feeling comfortable going into people's homes. It yeah. It crossed my mind. Um, now, I think
0: it's really changing given yeah. the vaccination rates and things like that. And um, we are an essential service. So we've had to mandate, well, yeah. the government mandated our vaccine status. But um, I think also people are starting to realize like this isn't going anywhere. You know, like um, we're going to have to live with it now. But when it sort of first entered that community in New South Wales in a way that they actually had to go into a lockdown, there was a bit of apprehension. So yeah. it did slow down the plans to move into Sydney.
1: Yeah. Well, obviously, yeah, as of recording in 13 hours, we'll be out of lockdown, which is exciting. Yeah, no. And then you, time. <laughs> you'll be able, you'll be able to go up to, to Brisbane and, and, and meet all your vets. Cause then once they get their vaccination rates up to the 70 and 80, it's all going to be open. I've just booked flights for Christmas. That's yeah, right. handy to have. Yeah. Um, now, let's talk about you for a bit. We've talked about the business career a bit. Um, you've already touched on it a little bit, but I did read that, yeah, you're you a very proud Torres Strait Islander. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you mentioned that growing up, all of your indigenous kind of heroes and role models were all sports people. Very early on, you figured out that you're not a sports person. Um, was that, I, you've mentioned that that's obviously part of your inspiration to creating this, as I said, a household name for Vets on Call? Yeah,
0: I think you know like when I think about what I really want to do it's inspire the next generation of Indigenous kids you know and Vets on call is a vehicle for me to be able to do that Um, I love what we do I love. I really believe in what we're doing as a business Um, but if that was all that was driving me you know the tough days would be even tougher Um, so when I think about like what is actually getting me up out of bed it's that the next generation of Indigenous kids won't have those preconceived limitations that I had. You know, that there's only so many routes to success. When, you know, there's it's not just business. Like there's so many avenues to success nowadays and there's so many Indigenous people doing amazing things. It's just that a lot of the time they're not seen. Um and so that's really what it is. It's not just about succeeding as a business or a business person. It's about being seen so that other people can look and go, okay, well, that's an option to me as well. Yeah.
1: Do you, I don't want to say that you think you've succeeded now, but do you think you are succeeding in that mission? Or you're on that journey? Yeah, I mean, like, we're
0: nowhere near where I want to take this business. Yeah. But I've already changed my life. Yeah, You know, like Vets on Call has already changed my life um, for the for the far better. You know, like, and I think of the empowerment that I have now that – was really lacking or I felt like it was lacking when I was working in corporate um, jobs and you know like I wouldn't change it for the world like there's no way I would go back to um, you know that moment when I decided I was gonna start my own business and change my mind Um, so I think like I said we haven't reached the level of success that uh, that I aspire to Um, I'm a pretty ambitious guy but yeah I mean the business has changed my life. I've changed my life and I've changed my family's future for the better. And that's all within two years of
1: launching, three years of work, I would say. Yeah, it's definitely three years of work at least. Yeah, minimum. <laughs> well, that means that there's obviously a long journey to go, which you've already yeah. done so much in that three years. You can only imagine what's going to do in six years, nine years, et cetera. Yeah, I think that's also like an important
0: point is that, you know, one of my biggest beefs with social media is that, you know, there's so many people saying like, oh, i Launched and within a month, I was earning seven figures. No, you weren't. Like, shut up. It's Sit how down. Not how it works. Exactly. Like, there's so much work to to be done so that people work. don't um, give credit for. And I think a lot of people think that business is a fast way to to making money. It's the complete opposite. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it's about investing now for the future. And I have this conversation with my staff because we've got an um, employee share option plan. And so what we offer our vets and our staff is very different to what a traditional vet clinic would. Um, And that's something that we have to kind of almost educate our staff in. Well, yes, you might not be being paid as much as you would at a vet clinic, but actually in five, ten years' time, you're going to be far better off because of these things. And that's about like seeing the forest forest from the trees, basically. Um, And that's really what business is, man. Like it's you know, doing the hard yards now for a better life tomorrow. And that's
1: something that I've, I've found with a lot of business owners in click, especially obviously doing the podcast with, with Emily and Jordan so far is that when you start your own business, you've got to believe in what you're doing. Um, And you're clearly have got that, you know, you are believing that vets on calls is a, is a better outcome, better scenario, better service than a normal veterinary clinic. Um, and you've got that goal to be a, a good role model for younger indigenous kids, which is super important when you're, You've got your day-to-day, you have your highs and your lows. You have your really low lows where you just want to give up, you're over it. It's too much effort. I can just give it up and do something different. But yeah. you have that goal to succeed and it drives you every day. Yep. So it's super, super important. Um, business owners, I also know that they're very, very busy. And you're, so you're a husband? I am. A father? I am. A business owner. How do you juggle everything? How do you fit all of that into one day? Um, and go to the gym? <laughs> How do you fit that in? Well, I go to the gym early. <laughs> so Are You have to be an early up, morning person. Uh, up
0: and um, at them before my son even wakes up. Um, you know, I think I'm very fortunate that my wife is an incredibly supportive wife. Um, I wouldn't have been able to do this if she wasn't. And very understanding, you know, like late nights, early mornings, seven days a week, you know, and trying to manage a kid in between those things. Um, I think I've got better, particularly as the team's got bigger and being able to let go of certain things. Um, you know, and delegate, that's helped a lot. Um, but, you know, setting aside time and just saying, like, it doesn't matter what's happening now, like I need to be present because I want to be the kind of father that like my kid grows up and things like, yep. I remember doing those things with him. I remember him being present in the moment and like actually being a good dad. So they're, they're things that are really important to me. So I make sure that, you know, if it's my time to, to look after him when yeah. Katie's working, that, um,
1: yeah, it's just me yeah. and him. Yeah. How old is your son? He turned two in June. So oh, wow. He's, yeah, he's a handful. So you were already like halfway through Vets on Call when, when your wife had
0: him? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and that was really stressful because, you know, like we were nowhere near where we are now. And when you've got a kid to support like a, a wife – um, and a business that's very much like an infant—that um that can be—that was pretty daunting. And having a kid is a full-time job in itself.
1: Yeah. yeah <laughs> so I you mean, add on another full-time job. Yes, yeah. it's, it's struggle. You struggle to fit that all in one day. I think also the the thing about being a, a parent
0: when you're really busy is that there's a lot that you you need to be a conscious parent is how I would sort of describe it. And if if you're allowing yourself to sort of um, let the work and, and your busyness take over, you become an unconscious parent and you fall back to bad habits that um,
1: maybe you don't want to be projecting onto your kids. Yeah. Um, now moving on to the future, um, so you said obviously you're in two major cities now. You've got room to expand. You've mentioned Sydney already. Is there plans, you said nationally, do you know where you're going next? Have you got that in, in, the, in the pipeline?
0: Yep, so Sydney's next. We'll be there December this year. Um, We're already recruiting vets, setting up there, um, and we'll be national in every major city by the end of next year. So Adelaide, Perth, um, not so certain about, like, some of the smaller cities, so like your Canberras and Darwin and things like that because we do need a certain amount of um, density, density. for us to to be really profitable and if, for it to be worth us entering those markets. So we've got a little bit more work to to look at
1: those cities and say whether it's worth us going into them or not. Now, many business owners and entrepreneurs have a quote that stuck with them through their journey. You've already mentioned just one then, which I really love. Do you have a quote that's that stuck by you throughout your journey? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, or anything that you've obviously, as in your indigenous background, and your that goal has kept you going. Do as do you have a quote that you think of on the hard days, thinking that's going to keep me going?
0: There's one by Henry Ford actually that I really like, and that's um, you know, when things are tough, and I'm gonna I'm paraphrasing now because I can't (laughs) remember exact words, but when things are tough, remember the airplane takes off against the wind, not with it. Um, and so you know, there's so many ups and downs, and I think you got to remember it's a game. Like if you if you don't remember that when um when the times get really tough and it's, it can be like overwhelming. So um, I really liked that, uh,
1: that one from, from Henry Ford. Um, and I guess very similar question to that one. But um, if you could go back to you, you, when you were sitting in that car with that piece of paper and having the benefit of hindsight of where you are now, <laughs> do you have any advice you give to your younger self or even new business owners that um, are just starting out and need a bit more of an idea of what the journey involves and how it, you know, how it works two, to three is down the line. Do you have any advice that you would give to yourself or to them?
0: Yeah. I mean, look, the things that I would say to people that are about to start a business is prove everything, you know. So, but once you've proven it to yourself, um, back yourself, you know. So you need to, like everybody looks at their business like it's their baby, right? And I'm a dad, so I can say this. Like I look at my son like he's perfect, but I'm sure there's some parents down in the park that look at him and go, oh, my God, that kid's annoying, right? <laughs> and so when you're building a business, you've got to look at it your, like your baby. You look at it through rose-tinted glasses. Yeah. You need to find what other people think. So you need to prove everything that you're um, – like all your hypothesis, what you think you need to prove within the market. You need to prove it with data. But once you've done that, back yourself in because it's so easy, particularly when you're getting started and it's a grind – you know, to be distracted and try and take a quick win over here or a little bit of extra cash over here. And actually what it's doing is it's derailing you from what you're trying to achieve. And you'll see that like other people in the market start doing other things and stuff. But if you truly believe in what you're doing and how you're doing
1: it, then stick to your guns, put the blinkers on and just get to work. Amazing. Thanks very much. That was great. I think the advice at the end there is super important and it's super handy to have and having different I guess opinions and said rose-tinted glasses looking at your own business it's perfect but you've got to look at the I guess the bigger picture and see that there's always room I guess to improve and to build and whatnot but um that was great thanks very much Morgan no problem thanks for having me want to know more about where Morgan runs his business click collective is a warehousing and co-working space built around the needs of an e-commerce community on site we have spaces for your warehouse office showroom logistics and a photography space So we're a one-stop shop to run your business. You can head to our website to know more at clickcollective.com.au or check out our Instagram at clickcollective.